Welcome to this session where we are asking the question, where did we get our Old Testament? Now this is another one of those questions that we don't often think to ask until either somebody asks us, how do you know you have the right books in your Bible? Or until we encounter somebody maybe who has a different set of books in their Bible than we do. And then we start to wonder, well, how do I know that the books in my Bible are the right books? If we confess that Scripture is inspired by God, as 2 Timothy 3.16 says, all Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for correction, for reproof, and for training in righteousness, the question then is, what is Scripture? Which books count as Scripture? How do we know which books have been breathed out by God? Which books are the scripture that Paul is talking about there in 2 Timothy 3.16? So in this session, we're going to talk specifically about the Old Testament books. How do we know that the books in our Bibles in the Old Testament are the right books? Are the God-breathed books? Are the scriptural books? Are the inspired books? The books that speak with the authority of God? Well, what we need to know when we answer this question is that we have the same books in our Old Testament as the Jewish people have in what we call the Hebrew Bible or what they call the Tanakh, their scriptures, they divide up into three categories. The, the Torah, the law, the, the Nevi'im, the, the, uh, the prophets, and the Ketuvim, the writings, uh, which includes Psalms and, and other books. And so they call that the Tanakh. T and K are the consonants there. T representing Torah, the law. N representing Nevi'im, which is the word for prophet. And uh, K representing Ketuvim, which is the word for writings. And so they have in their scriptures the same books that we have in what we call the Old Testament. Now that's significant for more than one reason. One of the reasons that's significant is because Christianity is the fulfillment of what was promised and prophesied in the Old Testament. Christianity is not a new thing in the sense that uh, when Jesus came on the scene, he threw out everything the Jews knew before and started with something brand new. Not at all. Jesus instead came announcing himself as, well, he didn't really announce himself as the Messiah, though he did occasionally uh, tell someone specifically that he was the Messiah, but he came announcing the arrival of the kingdom of God. He came uh, fulfilling the scriptures, and after his death, burial, and resurrection, he told his disciples that what had happened to him happened in fulfillment of those very scriptures. For example, in Luke 24, 44, it says, Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Now, what's significant about that is two things. One, Jesus says, What happened to me fulfills what was written in these scriptures, the law, the prophets, and the writings. So what Jesus accomplished, what Jesus did, what Jesus taught, all of that was in fulfillment of 
the scriptures that the Jews still recognize as scripture today. We call it the Old Testament. They call it, the, again, the Tanakh. And Jesus even speaks of that threefold division of the scriptures when he says, everything written about me in the law, that's the Torah, the prophets, that's the Nevi'im, and the Psalms, which is the chief book of the writings, the Ketuvim. And so Jesus is speaking of that threefold division of the scriptures and saying, everything written about me in all of the scriptures had to be fulfilled. And so that's why these things happened to Jesus. So two things there. One, Christianity is the fulfillment of what was promised and prophesied in the Old Testament. The, the, the hope articulated to the Jews in the Old Testament scriptures, that is the hope that was fulfilled in the coming of Christ. And the New Testament describes and recounts that fulfillment. And so we as Christians, we recognize the same books as scripture as the Jews, as far as what we call the Old Testament goes. Now, of course, they don't recognize um, the Jews who don't believe that Jesus is the Messiah. They don't recognize the New Testament as scripture. That's a key difference. But when we are talking about the Old Testament, it's the same books that uh, the Jews recognize as scripture. If you pick up a, a Hebrew Bible, it's going to have the same books in it that your Old Testament has. Now, it's going to be in a different order because they organize them differently. Again, the Tanakh, the law, that's going to be the same. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, the first five books are going to be the same. Then the Nevi'im, the prophets, uh, for them, the prophets include uh, books like Joshua and First um, and Second Samuel and First and Second Kings. Um, and, but also the books we normally think of as prophets, like the 12 minor prophets and the major prophets like Isaiah and Ezekiel and Jeremiah. And then in the writings, which is the third section, the Ketuvim, right, they're going to have the Psalms and they're going to have uh, Job and Proverbs and so on. Um, but also books like Ruth and uh, Ezra and Nehemiah. And it even ends, the Hebrew Bible ends with first and second chronicles now that's significant because in our bible first and second chronicles comes after first and second kings and covers a lot of the same ground as first and second kings but in the hebrew bible first and second chronicles comes at the end of the scriptures and that's significant because of something jesus said in luke 11 and also in matthew 23 but i'll read read it to you from luke 11 verses 50 to 51 and he said, that we're kind of picking up the thought in the middle here. He says, so that the blood of all the prophets shed from the foundation of the world may be charged against this generation from the blood of Abel to the blood of Zechariah, who perished between the altar and the sanctuary. Yes, I tell you, it will be required of this generation. So Jesus is saying all the blood that was shed of all the prophets from Abel to Zechariah, who perished between the altar and the sanctuary, all that blood is going to come upon the generation that he's speaking to or speaking about there in Luke 11 and also in Matthew 23. Now, we know who Abel is, right? And we know the story of Cain and Abel, how Cain murdered his brother Abel, even though Abel was righteous. That happens at the very beginning of the Bible in Genesis chapter 4, right? The story has just barely gotten started. But who is this Zechariah figure that Jesus is talking about. Well, we read about him in 2 Chronicles 24, which is near the end of that book, which again in the Hebrew Bible is the last book 
of the scriptures. And in, in 2 Chronicles 24, it says, Then the Spirit of God clothed Zechariah, the son of Jehoiada the priest, and he stood above the people and said to them, Thus says God, Why do you break the commandments of the Lord so that you cannot prosper? Because you have forsaken the Lord, he has forsaken you. But they conspired against him, and by command of the king they stoned him with stones in the court of the house of the Lord. Thus Joash the king did not remember the kindness that Jehoiada, Zechariah's father, had shown him, but killed his son. And when he was dying, he said, May the Lord see and avenge. So at the end of Second Chronicles, which is at the end of the Old Testament scriptures as the, the Jews have them organized, as the Hebrew Bible organizes them, one of the last stories we're told is of the death of Zechariah, right? And he is, it says, they stoned him with stones in the court of the house of the Lord, right? Like Jesus said, he died between the altar and the sanctuary. So what's significant about that, the reason why I bring that up is not to say that there's some problem with the way the, the books are ordered in our English Bibles. They're ordered differently, but the order of the books is not the most important thing. What is important is by Jesus saying, uh, in referring to all the blood of the prophets from Abel to Zechariah, which means from Genesis to Second Chronicles, which means from the beginning of the Hebrew Bible to the end of the Hebrew Bible, right? he's talking about the whole Old Testament, what we would call the Old Testament, the whole Hebrew Scriptures, the whole of the Jewish Scriptures from, from A to Z, right? from Abel to Zechariah. And um, it's the same thing that he's saying when he talks about the law and the prophets and the writings, referring to all three categories of Scripture and everything written in all three of those categories being fulfilled in Him. That's important, again, for two reasons. One is that uh, Christianity is the fulfillment of that Old Testament hope, those Old Testament promises, the Old Testament Scriptures. So we have not rejected those Scriptures as though they are wrong, Right? But we have received those scriptures knowing that what the New Testament proclaims, it proclaims as the fulfillment of the Old Testament. So those are our scriptures too. The second reason that's significant is because as, uh, as followers of Jesus, as somebody has pointed out, we ought to have the same view of the Bible that Jesus has. And Jesus seems quite clearly to affirm that all of the Old Testament, that all the Hebrew Bible is scripture, right? He talks about the story of Abel. He talks about the story of Zechariah, story at the beginning, story at the end. He talks about all three categories, law, prophets, writings, or law, prophets, psalms. He affirms that all written in the, that scripture must be fulfilled. And so we should also recognize uh, the significance of all that scripture and its fulfillment in Christ as well. Okay, so why do we have the same books as the Jews, uh, as the Hebrews? Well, one reason is because our New Testament, we believe, is the fulfillment of those very same scriptures. And so we have not, uh, you know, uh, altered the Old Testament scriptures, the, the scriptures of the Hebrew Bible, but we have received them. Right? Just as Jesus affirmed them, we have received them as our Old Testament, as Scripture. And also, uh, we should remember that all throughout the New Testament, the Old Testament is 
not only fulfilled, but affirmed. For example, often in Jesus' teaching, he'll talk about the significance of the law and the prophets. For example, in the Golden Rule, Matthew 7, 12, he says, So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. He's not throwing out the law and the prophets. He's saying, you should do what the law and the prophets say, and here's how you summarize that with what we call the golden rule. Here's the same thing with the, the greatest commandment, right? The greatest commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. On these two depend all the law and the prophets. He's affirming the law and the prophets and summing them up for us. In John 1.45, it says, Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him, he's talking about Jesus, We have found him of whom Moses and the law, Moses in the law, and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. So he's saying, We found Jesus, and he's the one Moses wrote about, and he's the one the prophets wrote about. He's the fulfillment of these promises, these prophecies, these scriptures. Paul in Romans 3.21 says, But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. So the way we're made righteous is not by keeping the law, but the law and the prophets proclaim this gospel, this way of being right with God. So Paul is arguing the gospel he preaches is not out of sync with the Old Testament. Though you can't uh, get this righteousness by keeping the law, the law does speak about it. The law does point us to it, and so do the prophets. The New Testament also quotes the Old Testament all over the place. Look through the first four chapters of Matthew. Look through the book of Hebrews. Look through uh, Romans 3 and Romans 15 and Romans 4. Look through the whole book of Revelation. There are quotations, there are allusions, there are references to the Old Testament all through the New Testament. And those allusions and quotations are not there to say we don't need the Old Testament. They are there to help us understand the message the New Testament is proclaiming. We understand who Jesus is and what Jesus accomplished, not only by reading the New Testament, but how the New Testament explains for us how what Jesus did and who Jesus is is in perfect fulfillment of what the Old Testament promised ahead of time. So we, again, we receive the Old Testament scriptures because Jesus affirms them, Right? The New Testament affirms them all over the place, not just Jesus, but also Paul and the other apostles. Right? We receive them because what we read in the New Testament is the fulfillment of what we read in the Old Testament. And also because this is the view of the Old Testament that the New Testament proclaims, not just hints at, but says very, very plainly. For example, 2 Timothy 3.16, which we mentioned earlier, says all scripture is breathed out by God. And, and we said, well, what counts as scripture? Well, when Paul wrote those words, what scripture, he wrote them to Timothy, what scripture did Timothy have? Well, clearly he didn't have the whole Old Testament, or excuse me, the whole New Testament, because one of the books of the New Testament, 2 Timothy, Paul is writing, right, as he's writing that verse. So Timothy doesn't have the whole New Testament, right? He may not have had very much of the New Testament at all at that point, since it took some time for it all to be written and then spread to all the churches and everyone to have access to it. But he did have the Old Testament scriptures, and that's what Paul has primarily in mind 
when he says in 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is breathed out by God. Now, it also applies to the New Testament, right? And we may talk about that some next time. But primarily, the reference there would be to the Old Testament scriptures, because those are the scriptures that Timothy had access to. And uh, the other early Christians had uh, access to primarily until the New Testament was completed and then um, made its way right to all the different uh, churches. So uh, when he says all scripture is breathed out by God, he's saying the whole Old Testament is God's word. It's God breathed. Similarly, in Romans 15, 14, Paul says, whatever was written in former days, he's talking about the Old Testament scriptures, whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. Right? So he's not just talking about anything that was written in the past. If you read it in context, even though the second half of the verse says, so uh, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures. What's that? The Old Testament scriptures. And if you read Romans 15, lots of quotations of Old Testament scriptures in that chapter where this verse comes from. One more example I want to give you. This is from 1 Corinthians 10, starting in verse 1. He says, Paul says, For I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that our fathers were all under the cloud, and all passed through the sea, and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, and all ate the same spiritual food, and all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them, and the rock was Christ. Now, what is he talking about there? Well, he's talking about Moses and the sea and the food they ate and the drink they drank. He's talking about the Exodus, passing through the Red Sea, the manna they ate in the wilderness, the water they drank from the rock. And he says, Nevertheless, with most of them, God was not pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now, these things took place as examples for us. He's telling Old Testament stories, and he says those Old Testament stories are there for us to learn from. They're examples for us. That we might, he goes on to say, that we might not desire evil as they did. And he says, do not be idolaters as some of them were. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. He's talking about Exodus 32 and the golden calf. He says, we must not indulge in sexual immorality as some of them did. And 23,000 fell in a single day. There he's talking about a story from the book of Numbers. He says, we must not uh, put to the test as some of them did and were destroyed by serpents, nor grumble as some of them did and were destroyed by the destroyer. And then he says, now these things happened to them as an example, but notice this, they were written down for our instruction on whom the end of the ages has come. He says, the Old Testament was written down for us, for Christians, for people living now on this side of the cross, people on whom the end of the ages has come. Remember, since Christ has come, we've been living in the last days, according to Hebrews uh, chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. Right? So uh, the, the Old Testament scriptures are for us. So where did we get our Old Testament? Well, we got it from the Jewish people. Jesus was born a Jew, and he is the Jewish Messiah, but he came not only for the Jews, but also for the Gentiles, all the rest of us. Right? And the apostles... They were Jews as well. And Jesus did not, re- uh, did not um, reject the scriptures that belonged to the Jews, right? but he affirmed them and fulfilled them. The apostles likewise affirmed them and proclaimed them and pointed us back to them. So that's where we got the Old Testament. We got the Old Testament from uh, the Jews, right? 
uh, we got it uh, and we, we affirm it just as Jesus did and just as the apostles did. So that's why we have the books that we do in the Old Testament. And so I hope that encourages you. I hope that um, helps you. hope that equips you in case anybody ever asks you, why do you have these books and not others in your Old Testament? You can start by pointing them to what Jesus said in Luke 24, 44, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be, had to be fulfilled. God bless.